On this episode of The Chop Up, we start with the political chop, and this time, we take the attention off Agent Orange and break down the facts about the dangerous people he has surrounding him for the next four years. Then we slide over to the tech chop. We're talking technically as we break down a list of technological developments expected over the next 10 to 20 years. Spoiler alert, some are pretty hot, but the others, mm, we just don't really know about. And lastly, it's the entertainment chop, and we're on the subject of black screens. As we've been seeing, black people are everywhere, popular movies, TV, and music. But we've also noticed that uh, white people really don't know how to feel about it. We discussed this conflicting relationship. The jams this week include lyricist DJ V and the man himself with the vocals, your boy Tut. Shout out to Brianna and her homegirl Danielle at Michigan State for holding down the show and the homie Stewart listening all the way in New Zealand. It's a great episode, so stay tuned. Listen in. You know what it is. It's the Chopper. This is the Chopper. This is the Chopper. This is the chop up and no one can do it live. My name is Cam G, the coolest, allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister Toya G and she's straight out of KC. Moved to the West Coast, but still gon' keep it G. We got together to give the people something that's free. The chop up should come off organically, cause on the mic, on the phone, we gonna have these conversations anyway. And make sure you chop it up with us on the social media. And you can chop up any day, cause you can stream us in any place. And then I say I was Cam G, the coolest. Had to reel you in if you never knew us Straight from Dallas, Texas, making OG maneuvers And this is a recording where no one can do it live This is the chop up This is the chop up What's up everybody, you know what it is This is the chop up, it's your girl Toya G Hey, you know what it is, it's Cam G the coolest What's good people? And, of course, every now and again, we have this one guy that always seems to pop back around with something to say. So, welcome back uh, to the Chop Up. Uh, Dominique, what's goody? What's going on? I'm glad to be here. Hey. The OG. Hey, basically, 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 you know, we was kind of, you know, throwing out the age conversation a little bit, and (laughs) we're close, you know, (laughs) but... I'm dealing with two old souls on here. I don't know if I'm the youngest soul. I definitely, you know what I'm saying, I'm not finna pretend like I'm I'm one of the youngest, but a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, you know, that's that's that's, that's what that that's what come with that age. OGs. Yeah. Um these are two people whom I'm very excited to, you know, know them when they are 40 and 45 cuz I think that's when it's going to get real good. Um it's going to get real good. Uh real quick, happy Black History Month. You know what I'm saying? What's up, people? <laughs> we here. You know, we've been here. Black three seven, uh, yeah. what three sixty five? I was gonna say three three seventy. Black three seventy five. I'm black Every ten day. extra days out of the year. You know what I'm saying? Don't even know where I get them from. It's black girl magic. Don't ask. Um, but happy. It's 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 that time where we get to really just go hard and go deep and celebrate the stuff. Uh, even more specifically than what we already do on a day to day basis. So I just had to kind of get that out there. Um, to to me and mine, from me and mine to you and yours. Happy Happy Black History Month. Yeah, absolutely. From all of us here at the Chop Up. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, speaking of Black History Month, uh, it wouldn't be right if we didn't honor a lot of the titans who came before us, who used their um, mouthpieces to speak and tell the truth. If we didn't go ahead and do that, so we're just gonna do that in terms of the political chop. Let's go ahead and get it out there and talk. I don't think we can really have effective political conversations without recasting and replaying what the heck has happened to us over the last three and a half or so weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, President 
uh, th- that one guy who should not be named. You don't even qualify it with president. His name is Donald <laughs> Trump. I don't even want to say that though. Like, I think I'm gonna call him no name president. I think I'm gonna call him no name president. Just like no uh, or uh, you call him forty five. That does a job. <laughs> you said a guy that does a job. Yeah. This this dude over here said forty five. Just call him forty five. Just call him forty five and a half because he's not gonna <laughs> last. Forty five and a half. Forty five point five. Yeah. Um, this guy has. Um, definitely started off very tumultuously. A lot of interesting decisions, a lot of interesting conclusions he's come to, a lot of interesting conclusions that Congress has come to, Mike Pence has come to, um, a lot of heated conversations um, that have not necessarily proven to be fruitful for Democrats. And so, you know, the, the dude who's occupying the most important position in this country who shall not be named... Is um, orange Voldemort. You know what I'm saying? He's by himself, very (laughs) reckless, very, very reckless, very troubling. But I'm very much so, and I think everybody else now is getting, you know, this notion that we should be more concerned with the people he's putting around him. Yeah. And so I just, I kind of want to just run back people and things that have happened over the last few weeks and how we should be understanding them. So first, talk to me, y'all, about Rex Tillerson. Okay. So Rex Tillerson is one of three of the uh, recently confirmed um, Trump cabinet picks, Secretary of State, um, CEO of Exxon, uh, Exxon, Exxon, Mm. uh, the gas, the energy, you know what I'm saying, Uh, industry, tycoons. Right. Uh, And what should really be noted about the man is that he received the Friendship Award from the Kremlin of Russia. Mm-hmm. He received the highest recognition of any civilian non-citizen that they could receive. Wow. Russia. You know what I'm saying? He's tight. I mean, this is more just another example of how close and in cahoots we are with with them. So So, so what is the what is the angle there to be I mean, so they, tight with Russia and you know Trump? Like and it's, it's it it goes along with the uh with the narrative that one Russia had a lot to do with uh, our election, the way it turned out, mm-hmm. they definitely mm-hmm. benefited with Trump being elected, uh, other than Hillary Clinton, uh, which is obvious, as you can see with Russian sympathizers, and not even to be on a Cold War type ish. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't even, it's not even like that. But we see them directly interfering with our election and the type of people that we put in uh, around the president. Mm-hmm has close relationships with these same leaders. So it just, it doesn't make sense for national security, for uh, national interests. It, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't add up. So, you know, that's what we're dealing with. So, bam, uh, usual suspect, number one, Rex Tillerson, bam. Secretary of State. Him. Yeah, Secretary of State, non-approval. No go. Uh, I think everybody's, I called her Becky Dinos. Um, her name is... <laughs> Uh, Betsy DeVos, whatever, um, nominated to be after a valiant attempt by a lot of people to stop this particular gesture. Not nominated, selected. Selected, I'm sorry. Selected. Handpicked. <laughs> you just had to go through a confirmation, right? Right. Paid. Paid to play. Yeah, paid yeah. to play. As, oh. That's how, it, how it always is. But I mean, I think Tillerson even, well, it was only like 100K contributions to the election, but... 
I know DeVos was a, almost a million. I mean, I saw pages or like a list of just names upon names of people that she dropped 32,000 here, 15,000 there, 50,000 over here, 75K over here. Donations. Like just Quote wow. Uh, she's the Secretary yeah. of State. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, not Secretary of State, Secretary of Education. Education. I want to make sure I get that out um, in terms of her position. And it's highly disconcerting. Highly disconcerting, largely because uh, much in white conservative fashion you're putting people in the position to take care of those who the least who are the least of them right who get done the worst who are at the bottom rungs of society least worried about them and you know what i'm saying like she's she's for she's she's for uh charter schools she 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 understands very little about the public school system she understands very little about American history and education, like in the ways that things have come to exist in terms of accreditation processes, in terms of um, the types and methods of allocating funds and resources and how people are evaluating progress and stuff like that. Like it's a lot of uh, it un- just general uncertainty that I just can't get with. Right. It's, it's, it's real unsettling. Um, y'all saw the video on CNN where she got blocked at the doors. Uh, that did y'all see? Did you see the video, G? Nah, I didn't. Nah, I didn't see that. Oh what my happened? goodness, you didn't she see the blocked. video? Oh my god! Oh, so no, she. I've been seeing a lot of videos of her. I did not see that. KG, couple days ago, you see the video? Uh, I've I've read about it. I didn't get a chance. Y'all to see gotta see this video. It's. Uh, uh, about 30 seconds of magic. She pulls up to the school, gets out, and she's walking with um, security or some other individual to walk in, and they are protesting the hell out of her. It's this white man, it's a white woman, it's black woman, I think, and they on these stairs uh, blocking the door, and they like, you're not getting in here, you're not coming in, blah, 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 like going off, like you're terrible for the students, and you don't care, just spitting mad facts at her, going off. Um, they block her from getting out the door and they turn, once they realize it's getting a little physical, getting a little extra or that it could go that direction, they turn around, walk her back to the SUV. But this white man is gully. Do you hear me? He like, shame, bruh, shame, 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 shame. The video goes out with this man chanting shame. He is a one man band creating yeah. all the ruckus in the world. Yeah. And hey, intimidating. Yeah. I mean, just scared the snot out of her to the point where That's she's running need. back to the vehicle. That's what we yeah. need. And so, shame. Shame. That's what we need. I'm just like, stopped her at the doorsteps. And so people are not banging with her. You see who is, though? Mike Pence is the person who cast. Um, the deciding ballot or the deciding decision. Historical. Yeah. Never happened. Never happens. It'll probably time. never happen again. First I time. Never Split fifty fifty. And the vice president. The vice president, who is the president of Congress, made the decision. Boom. You know what this sounds like? What? Some old house of cards type. Too much money. It's a, no, it sounds hey, like, like house of cards. <laughs> like it sounds like some yeah, Frank Underwood yeah, type. No, nah, Mike Pence is Frank Underwood. Like, That's funny as shit. When, when you say it out loud <laughs> like it's, that, it's you just relate. like that, Frank Underwood. It's it's I don't I don't know what to do with it, but unprecedented measures to get this lady in because she has clearly lined the pockets of um people who support um terrible education, a disconnected and outdated orientation toward dealing with marginalized students, a non-apparent strategy for dealing with the average student and the educational climate and landscape for 2017 and beyond. And I'm really, really afraid um, about A, what will happen in the educational system and B, what that means for like even after she's there because you set up and you break down Mm -hmm. and you 
you know, collapse stuff and infrastructure, important infrastructure has already been in place. It's not just like it snaps back when you leave, right? right? It's left in ruins, it's left in shambles. We saw that when we saw Barack Obama take over a lot of the terrible mishandles yeah. of the economy that President George Bush did. And then who's going to get blamed for it? But the next person who takes responsibility and has to pick up and make magic out of something that was very clearly broken. Now, I think there is a um, very much more clear uh, public re- uh, consciousness and a uh, the ability to reflect as a population and society when it comes time to, you know, hopefully elect somebody else in who's t- you know, when it's time to fix it. I hope we have a collective memory is what I'm trying to say of how this stuff played out so that we don't hold it against them too much if they're not able to flip everything around. But, you know, I don't want to be extremist. I don't want to be a fear monger, but I think everybody in a bunch of different contexts is like, own hell in the handbag status or handbasket, right? Like right. hell in the handbasket right. status. Everybody's just like looking like this is wild. It's a lot. Because it, it's, it's, yeah. it, it just doesn't, it seems like it's satire. Like, but we watching it play out like on a national yes. level. Like it just don't seem real. And I think what makes, everybody has, you know what I'm saying, these issues that's on this list. But I think what makes her issue the worst for me specifically is that while everybody who's been nominated or confirmed or, or selected into these positions are terrible in their own way, it's something about messing up the future almost indefinitely like that. Yeah. That really is super scary, right? Like, I guess in a whole bunch of different ways, there are some indefinite damages that are done. But, like, people, innocent little kids who can't even vote for what they feel like they need, right? Who go to school every single day and get zero say in terms of what really makes their experience good. At least we get to be like, yay, no. And then some of our failures can be blamed on us. Some of them can be blamed on a broken system. A lot of them can't. But when you destroy the education But when you messing system, up the kids. That's the like, foundation. I mean, the, the foundation of any society is an informed public. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And an educated public, and right? Are, are, are we literally, like, are, are, is, is our agenda just ignorance? Because that's, that's literally what it seems like. Is I mean, it, that's, that's, what it, that's what it has to be. It has if to be. Watching the confirmation hearings, you're like, this person is clearly unfit to, to hold this office. Like, so with with me seeing the confirmation go through, I'm wondering, like, once, I, once I'm ready to have kids, am I taking the education into my own hands? You don't have I to. I just can't trust. Yeah, yeah we really but, don't just you know, got to start taking it out. There for my children, because it's not in the best interest. You're, you're, we already know the, the, how, how the school systems are. But and, until you and then you and then you, you you go back even even further with with this confirmation, the leader of this education in this country is like you can't be you like you said it's like satire and that's why SNL is just being pretty much repeating what everyone is saying and mm-hmm. making making a joke out of it. But I don't that's like it is. one of the satire things that made me nervous. It it, it and, and like you want to believe it's satire and it, like it's a big joke because it all sounds like a big joke. But then what makes it really real to me. Mm-hmm. Is like I've been reading articles that say that they're gonna try to make it against the law to homeschool your child. So not oh, only are you being faced with a situation where, you know what I'm saying, potentially you are dealing with an educational situation and a system that you don't want to participate in, but when you do alternatives or when you search out and seek out alternatives, you can go to jail for it. And so like or or it be fined for it or criminalized for it. And so there is a lot that concerns me about uh, what the direction a lot of this is going in. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Secretary of Education, usual suspect number two, disconnected, unknowledgeable, unqualified. Ignorant. Uh, beyond <laughs> explanation. And she look blank. 
just look stupid. Talking about grizzlies and grizzly bears and guns in schools to protect against the grizzlies and when asked, literal bear, like stupid shit that I don't really have a whole lot of time to deal with and that should I decide to bring a child into this world, I'm really not trying to have to put up under that type of leadership or guidance. Uh, But whatever. Next individual on our list of uh, what I'm probably going to call the devil's disciples, uh, Jeff Sessions. Woo! Jeff Sessions, Attorney General of the United States of America. Yo, you know it's bad if you can use if you can use a letter from Coretta Scott King. <laughs> yeah, from like, the seven sixty the sixties, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, sixties. Yeah, like this is back when this man was trying to be a uh, he was trying to be a judge, and she was like, no. <laughs> like, this man has stood against civil rights. He has stood against black people. He has stood against, you know, everything that we look at as progress. And he he was an enemy to our leaders. Like this man was an enemy to the people that we revere as far as civil rights. Mm-hmm. And so to have this, to have him, like the highest attorney in the land, like. What? <laughs> in a time in which we feel like the government already hasn't done enough to crack down on uh, police and brutality. Yeah, police brutality and corruption and racism and structural uh, inequalities yeah, that are reinforced by policing. The FBI has studies shown, uh, showing that the uh, KKK and other racist organizations actively recruit into the... Uh, um, Police forces. Police forces, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, come on, man. Like, mm. we 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 struggling with uh, when we had Holder and he was black. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know, we true. still, we really didn't get too much out of that shit. This is true. And now we got somebody who really don't give a fuck. Who, yeah. This is a Blue Lives Matter type motherfucker we dealing with. Wholeheartedly. Not only is he indifferent, which is dangerous, but he has completely identified himself with the other side. Shit, completely. And I mean, that's, I mean, I guess less insidious in the sense that at least we know, but I feel so defenseless. You know what I'm saying? Like, it goes back to what we was talking about in terms of just the line of, in the chain of command, like, if one go down, it's a whole army behind them. Supporting yeah, his that. agenda and what he wants, you know what I'm saying, and and that is in terms of the um, executive power that is running the United States currently, that was uh, elected by the Electoral College a, a month or so ago. You know who I'm talking about, uh, and a lot of these other people who uh, we both name and not name who are about to take very serious positions of power and have droves and droves of people who support um, the nonsense that they're willing to implement. Um, with this Coretta Scott King situation. Um, word to Elizabeth Warren, you know what I'm saying? Like, who stays with the work, stays with the business, and stays with the rap. I promise you she was a debater in another lifetime. Um, I'm thoroughly convinced that not only um, does she cook people for a living, but that's that's with, that's like wise yeah. reading, honey. She been talking to people like that, so she was but a child, wherever she's from, um, in whatever community or neighborhood, she was on the bus stop like, you're not going to come for me today, honey. Um, because her just, her serves are dope. And so, of course, she sat in there and tried to read the letter from Coretta Scott King. Mm-hmm. Um, she was silenced by, uh, um, the, the preceding judge. Who uh, no, the speaker, uh, the majority uh, speaker. speaker of the house. No, 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 no. The, uh, majority leader, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. The majority leader in the Senate. Uh, and then she went out to the hallway and finished reading the letter. Cause she was like, you're not going to sit up here and shush me. 
um, and think that that's that. And then the next day, a whole bunch of other senators and Congress people came back and, were, and men, finished it. Men. That were men. And finished it. And so the rule, I, I forget the number, I think it's like Rule 18 or some, some shit like that, that was created back when uh, they was getting in fights. For talking bad about each other, yeah, and so it's it, it's against the you it's against the rules to um, to talk bad about uh, a senator or on, on the Senate floor, mm. and they were saying that she was what, impugning his character, mm-hmm. and so and uh, and based on the things that she was saying about his racism, you know what I'm saying, which is interesting, you know what I mean, to be called racist, mm-hmm. you know. To, to be told the truth about. I mean, let's be real. Like, this is... I mean, Coretta Scott King is a revered woman. She is a civil rights leader. Yeah. And she is telling you that this man has stood against all progress for black people. Y'all saying, nah, that's impugning his character. What? No, it's true. It can be... I mean, my thing <laughs> no, is... And happened. I'm, I'm this teaching this currently in my classroom. That's a proposition of fact. Like, he is... He has done problematic things toward... And against the civil rights movement in this country, this isn't you to can be go debated. back. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be debated, but propositions. I'm gonna have a moment in class. Propositions of truth Ooh, are teacher. created teacher. to either be falsified uh-huh. or verified. Uh-huh. It's either a yes or no question. Yeah. It, it's not about how we feel about it. It's right. not whether or not it was ethical or unethical, good or bad. That's a secondary question. Outside of did he not do specific and particular things to deter people of color from getting rights in this country? The answer is yes, and we can go back in history and verify that. Teach via a her letter, b other empirical examples of him doing things problematically, both internally within movements themselves and with his position of power to dwarf these types of pro- progress, right? right? So it's either a yes or no, and the answer is clearly yes, he is terrible, he's done problematic things, he's not for black people, and not even not for them, but directly against their interests. Right. Period. Right. Like, it's not really a whole lot left to say. So for it to be debatable and for it to be read and interpreted as some impugning on character, which, fun fact, of uh, the word impugn was searched like some umpteen thousands of times, (laughs) uh, which is now bringing the dictionary back into relevance as one of the most important texts of our time. The the justification for that, right, is that in a world of alternative facts and sources that can't be believed, one of the most, like, uh, credible, non-changing, dependable, objective text we have in our society right dictionary. now is a dictionary. I be t- I'm telling you, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. all right, okay. So, and th- it, that's that's this that's that's this is the issue, right? We got these jackasses, like in offices they don't need to be, mm-hmm. right? You look at uh, Sean Spicer, who really. Spends day after day going off on people, going responding in a way in which like this is the dude you supposed to be giving us news. Everything that he says it, it either refutes a major story that has already been proven mm-hmm. fact. <laughs> he gets up and puts some type of weird cornball. I'm angry. I really don't want to be here. Type spin on it, and that's what we left with for every single news cycle. It's like what like. There's no substance coming out of the White House right now. Yeah. Like, no substance at all. And, and it doesn't seem to be any in sight because the rest, of his, the rest of his cabinet picks don't seem to be any freaking better. Ben Carson over Hood. Why? Mm-hmm. He's coming up soon. Yep. 
You know what I mean? The uh, the the uh, labor secretary that 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 he selected literally uh, thinks that uh, he's a, I think he's like the CEO of Hardee's thinks that robots should replace people. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a nice move. Like these Yo, are these and these are the to, people that's next really up. So the first to. round was this bad. The next round is gonna be even worse. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's just like we we really don't have too much to look forward to. We we have nothing to look forward to. And, and day after day with no issues. So like what do you how do we how do we handle this? Now the only the only positive I guess mobilizing we, structure for twenty eighteen, but go ahead. If we can if we can look at this as a positive, if we can look at this as, as as, you know, some type of gleaming light somewhere. Uh Gorsuch, which is his um Supreme Court nominee his it's it has been reported that his um he felt that uh Donald Trump's comments about the uh judge that suspended his uh travel ban or that you know ended his travel ban pretty mm-hmm. much um his comments against that judge were disheartening so you know to have him willingly kind of speak out in you know that type of fashion is productive mm-hmm. i mean that's good to hear you know Seems like he sounds like as the most reasonable thing that somebody that Donald Trump has nominated or selected. Somebody that they've said <laughs> out loud, out of their mouths, mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most the most reasonable. You're not supposed to say that name on this show, but it's fine. Oh, oh yeah. Voldemort, Orange Voldemort. I bad. forgive you. I forgive you. <laughs> uh, I will digress. It just it's stung. I felt it, and I tried to leave it alone, but I couldn't. Yeah. We're back on task. I forgot about it. Um, but. Yeah, I. It's weird. Let me let me ask this. Okay, so Steve Bannon, we talked about, bullet itself onto the Security Council Council basically, um, has been uh, a large puppeteer in a lot of ways for the oh, executive yeah. orders oh, yeah. um, that have been called out and shot uh, and, and things like that. We were definitely just talking about the judge who struck down or spoke against the Muslim ban and, and called it unconstitutional or right. It was, right. It was called it unconstitutional. unconstitutional. Um, three more judges then support it. That's the only thing they rule. Yeah, that constitution. <laughs> his constitutional ma- matters. Yeah. Uh, three more judges supported that one judge, uh, appointed by you had George, a, George W. Bush. You had a Bush appointee. I think a Jimmy Carter appointee. A Jimmy Carter appointee and, and, an and a Barack Obama appointee. Yeah. yeah, and so three of those judges, three will overturn the decision. Since I forget what this person's position is or even what their name is, but they argue that uh, a this country functions and operates off of um, a system of checks and balances that all three branches of the government function equally. Mm-hmm. So in a world where the judicial system attempts to trump, no pun intended, um, <laughs> what the executive branch does, that you know kind of necessitates a pushback and a circumvention of those things to kind of resubstantiate or to put back in place what the president has said that he wants to do. All of this to say... They're going to try real hard and push real hard to get this band going back again. they just like, you ain't said nothing. You ain't saying nothing. If this is what you want to do, we can play that. And this is and this is about the travel ban. It's, when you go back to talking about the dick, using a dictionary and words being important, mm-hmm. we don't even need to get that deep if we just listen to what this man say because his, his vocabulary isn't that big. <laughs> he said, we are putting a travel ban. It is a Muslim ban. Mm-hmm. He has said this not in the not during the not just during the election, 
but during the time in which the quote unquote ban was was enacted. Right. Yeah. So at the point where they're trying to, well, he can argue some presidential power where it kind of no. You already we called know it what it the is. intent. He's very like you know he been really clear about that. But he's been very clear what he's trying to do. So there's no there's no 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 uh, legal ambiguity anywhere. Like he the intent is very clear. It is a Muslim ban, regardless of who put it on, who thought of the countries first, regardless of how it's been enacted, regardless of how you want to change it up. The intent is to keep people of Muslim faith because what they don't talk about is how they also put there's there's some type of provision in there to where if you are a Christian in a minority Christian country, mm-hmm. you are get some type of uh, priority, right? Priority or, or like yeah, you, you you got some type of extra benefit. Mm-hmm. So you know, at the point where it's it's very clear, it's very blatant, very explicit. <laughs> that what what he's trying to do mm-hmm. there there's no you know there's no room for them to for them to kind of tiptoe around the law because like he's not smart enough to know to shut up it's it's it's, it's that blatant you yeah know? that's what that's why i mean i was literally watching msnbc and they were the they had two lawyers on there talking about well the they can rule against it because if you look at it from this perspective, presidential powers over immigration and national security and blah, blah, blah. Then they tune it. Then, you know, oh, hold on, hold on. Breaking news. Yeah, they ruled against it. it <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and literally, when you when you go through the decision, it's they're talking about they're, they're, they're talking about uh, his rhetoric and and what, how, how it's used to describe what it is that he's, that he's trying to do in the first place. Like, come on, people! Like, I think we've been we've been making this conversation with the media way too way too complicated and difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's one stop acting like we have expectations. You know, like the bar has been set all the way to zero. You feel me? True we, stuff. I mean, he's a he's a reality TV star, and he's he got this job. Yeah, you know I what I'm saying. Office. My mantra for this year literally has been: if don't tell me what I can't do. Because my response is going to be, <laughs> but Trump is president. But Trump is president, though. So, yeah, I'm going for the best. <laughs> like, Most of Yeah. I'm, I'm just, we're just going to starve it out. Yeah. Uh, we, we can do anything. You can do, I know I can I be know. what I want to be. Yeah, you work hard. I don't got, I don't, you don't have to work hard at it mm-hmm. at all. You can just get a Twitter and then so, you can. Yo, you live. really just have to be, I, I don't know. I, I can't describe it. The bar is low. Come yeah. on, man. Real quick, though, and I never thought I would ever say these words, so I want to say them and get them off my lips so that I never have to say them again. Shout out to some of these Patriots players. Um, <laughs> yes. Less important that we talk about the outcome of the Super Bowl. We know that they won, came back, did some ridiculous things. But more important yeah, man. that we identify, you know what I'm saying, just some of these players who have decided not to come. What was it, Devin McCourty? Devin McCourty. Um, last name, Bobby Bennett. Bert, you said who? Martell. He's like the Cowboys. Martellus Bennett, you said, right? Devin McCord, Martellus Bennett. Um, Who? It was somebody, some white boy with the last name Uh, Long. Hightower. And you got Chris Long, Howie Long, the Hall of Famer son. Yeah. Oh, straight up? Yeah. Yeah, Chris Long, he played for the Rams for a few years. Right, right, right. I think he said something like the white silence in the NBA about these issues has been just so ridiculous. Really? You got Pop speaking out, Steve Kerr, you know, so we need more of those... uh, I'm with it. I'm with it. So, word to y'all. I'm with it. I mean, and let's, come on now. Like, why are we even taking these people serious? 
what's his name? What's his name? Tom Brady. Oh. <laughs> did not go see Obama at all. That was in very intentional. Oh, I had some. These white people did not. Yeah, he was like, I had a previous engagement. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, come on, let's be real. Like, I'm not even playing. Like, it's like, yo, this is the year of not playing with these white people because they're not playing with us. (laughs) And they haven't been. I mean, so little things like this have to be a. I mean, just you can't make me go, and I don't don't think anybody's ever attempted to make them go anywhere. Um, but it's been very clear that, you know, I don't have to sit by and I'm not obligated to take pictures and smile behind something that I don't feel comfortable doing. That's been, that's been the gesture of black people throughout this entire situation. And, you know, and we don't need, like, we need, I I, I get, I get LeBron and Hillary, all right, whatever, you know, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. But we need a little bit more than that. Cause like LeBron is one of the most, most outspoken, one of the most outspoken I give him that, especially to be like the best player and be you know, outspoken. You know, it's huge. Especially, you know what I'm saying? Coming off Jordan and, you know, Kobe type, you know. Republicans buy Nikes too. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, Jordan, you know right. I mean, like, you know, Kobe the GOAT, but still, you know, it's a, it's a, it, it's, LeBron is probably the most, one of the most high profile since like what Kareem Abdul Jabbar, mm. you feel me? Uh, and what, it, to be like Basketball. the best. Right to be like the best player in the NBA, or even Allen Iverson, you know, in, in the way in way he approached the game. But you know, we need more athletes that's that's able to be like, yo, like chill with this. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I see what's see going that on. Coming and like with Marty, with, uh, with Martellus Bennett, um, it's it's cool because he's I think he's really big into investing in the, like coding programs for young children, a lot of a lot of tech. Um, He's really big on that and uh, literacy programs. I think that's his two things he he's really got going on: coding and literacy. Mm. And he's got a pretty dope article on the Players Tribune. It's like a platform for our, for athletes to get their their thoughts out there. Mm-hmm. And he had a I think it was last year, but it resurfaced when once this came out. So it's you know he he really about that life. So it, it's it's cool they they using their platform to. You know, to speak out. I mean, I think we had a show about, you know, questions like these and, you know, how we feel Mm -hmm. the level of responsibility for a lot of these athletes or whatever. And I I do just, you know, I'm not saying you have to go seek out a microphone. Everybody's not going to be a Colin Kaepernick. Everybody's not going to be, you know what I'm saying, Dwayne Wade's and Carmelo's and LeBron's who are going to get together and make PSAs and videos and do little stuff together. I get that. But when somebody put a mic in your face and asks you a real question, give them a real answer. And, like, don't use any of your fame, any of your position, any of your, uh, none of that as an excuse. Quit hiding behind nonsense and, and tell the truth. Like, that's just the, the command that is on these players. Yes. What I'm interested to see is how the NBA responds to Trump presidency. Oh, like, yeah. That's a whole lot. You know, because, like, the NFL, you know, the NFL. That it's money in there, they're not playing that. You know, they 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 like Trump. They don't care. Yeah. But like, you know, you see the way the NF, the NBA responded to Donald's uh yeah, Donald Sterling. Mm-hmm. Uh it's you know, these black like these black men, like these like the NBA is like majority you know, it's I don't it's, know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a different I I don't I don't I don't know. I don't wanna call NBA, it a different not, like, something, the, like, but it's something it's, it's real. a tinge the of NBA, something different. The NBA is more black than the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is like the NFL is still, you know, definitely the NFL. The NFL is slave sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like 
Let's be real. Basketball has been, and and uh, I kind of wrote my, my, my thesis too. on this idea. You said what about what? What you say, Jay? Oh, it's it's my sport too, but I I agree. Yeah, yeah. it's a slave sport. The combine, I mean, the owners. That's yeah. why that's why like, I appreciate black quarterbacks so much, like Dak Prescott and and what them boys doing in Dallas. I appreciate appreciate that so much because it's a black face. You know what I'm saying on like a white franchise. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like and so. Oh, they walked out with the police at the beginning of the training camp. See? Arm and arm. Mm. Oh what? Oh. Yeah, yeah. But but, <laughs> yeah, but you no, know yeah, what? Yeah, hold on, hold on, no. But you know what? They did have that that shooting. No, that, and that was and that was a real thing. Yeah, you know. And so that like so that that kind of that kind of shook things up a little bit. So that that makes more sense there. That'll be like you know that that's not being that's being insensitive. You feel me? Because like you gotta. Yeah, I mean, when you public figures like that, you kind of have to be like, okay, that when was people a, die, yeah, a tragedy like that. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. I, but I, you know, I, I kind of saw that as, as from the team perspective. Like, if anyone on the team in the future wanted to speak out about police brutality, they would, you know, they would be um, pressured not to do mm-hmm. so. You know what I'm saying? That's that kind of how I was looking at it. Because, like, you know, life is precious. People die, you honor them. But I just that's kind of But black people dying, but black people getting killed. Yeah. It's just, it's just. I, I was just saying having a black quarterback, you know, yeah, especially yeah, on yeah. J- with Jerry Jones and his ass trying to keep Tony Romo. That just so that like that's racism to another level. So if they can they be like, France. like, but like his athleticism, like they've done for so many, you know, so many years, his athleticism overrides your racism. We keep it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like to have that, like that's that's dope. But the NBA, them, you know, them brothers, you feel me, straight hood. Like if LeBron and the Cavaliers do win, is LeBron shaking hands with Donald Trump? You know who I want to win though. Like even outside of that question, like I don't know. My the answer to my question is I think yes. I'm gonna be uh, honest with you. I think he he a get in the fit in type nigga. As much as he willing to stand out and say some stuff, even better. I really feel like he is at the bottom line of it out of respect for his position and status in the game as an ambassador of the league as all these things. I think LeBron would be the person to go and show up <clears throat> and be like, I'm I have my reservations, but I understand that we need to bridge gaps, and I think that would be his out. That's so Steph Curry, in response to. Uh, in response to Under Armour CEO, straight up says, "You what?" Uh, after the after the Under Armour CEO, uh, at the, the Under Armour uh, CEO says that Trump is an asset for the country. Uh, Stephen Curry replies with, "You know, you can take the ET off." <laughs> oh know? yeah, yeah. It, insinuating, he's you know, an he's an ass. What would that look like? How do you go up there and shake this man's hand after you called him an ass? Knowing Donald Trump. Because this would be huge. This, this would be huge. He's going to grab his hand and, like, you know, do the jerking motion. Like, he's trying to display dominance. But I definitely, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't respect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't respect. I mean, I, I'm going to lose respect for whoever go up there and shake that man's hand. If it's not an NBA, I'm saying it right now on the chopper. Breaking news. If it's not an NBA right uh, 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 protest, whatever team win, if they if they go up there, I'm losing respect for whoever is that. If they if it ain't a protest, if whoever win is just like no, that, we don't this like is, this. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna ensure that this happens, which is why I know this is less than probable, but still kind of probable, which is why I'm putting it out there. If I had to pick a team 
And here I have two, three beautiful reasons to win the the ship. To have to decide about the White House, it will have to be the Spurs. Number reason, one reason why is because it's a team I was the same full thing. of niggas. Like it's still the NBA. It's still the core of it. It's still a whole bunch of black people. Kawhi Leonard is not going to be emotional anyway. His face is not going to show how he feels anyway. Right. And I'm sure he's less than entertained or excited to go and engage in any nonsense that will force him to smile unnecessarily. So, um, Tim Duncan would have went. I think Timmy Timmy Mata would have went, but that's neither here nor there. I just feel like the Spurs not going just because, like you said, it's just not a thing. It's the NBA, it's the league. Secondly, hands down, you got the most immigrants and international players in the league playing for the San Antonio Spurs. So I also feel like that is even more of a reason, or I won't even say more of a reason, I'll say, but a a significant and analogous reason or similar reason um, and very specific reason not to go because – he is targeting everything that they represent mm-hmm. and saying that it's not a thing. Third and final and most important reason. Uh, uh, Coach Greg Popovich is not here at all for anything that this man has to say, has said, will say, plans to do. So why would they go? So he's not, like, not only would they not go, I know he would flame the shit out of the president <laughs> in the process. That's the reason why I want them to win, because I want that conversation. Yeah. I want that interview. I want these opportunities to just furthermore, for Pop to just furthermore be like, he is a terrible fucking waste of flesh and bone. But see, and here's another reason why. I but, really want to. I think he went to the Air Force. I mean, but Donald Trump Maybe. is just gonna is gonna be you know schmoozing all over him. Oh, you're so great, uh, blah blah blah. It's just like you know, and and really when you think about it, you know, let's let's be real with the way the NBA is set up. The Warriors are gonna win, like just being honest, and it's it's gonna be a if if KD, Draymond, and 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 Steph and Clay all just go up there and dab this man up. Like I'm I'm just gonna just lose a little bit of respect for all of them because yeah, you can a make a choice. Look. You can make a I mean, choice. You said what? Yeah. I mean, it's just a bad look. It was just like we spoke about in the last episode with, you know, everybody going up to Trump Tower, Ray Lewis and Steve Harvey and MLK the third. Number and, three. Mm. Yeah. You know, all that. <laughs> it just, it wasn't a good look. You coming out that tower looking real, you know, dazed and confused. Like, no, you, know, you, you know where you pulled up to. And then we ask you what, you know, what exactly you did up there and what meaningful things you all exchanged about. And you come up with some old rinky dinky shit. Nothing. Like, uh, uh, the future and <laughs> our communities and what we need to do and how we can stick together. Passed up their line. Bridging the gap. Like, shut up. Like, <laughs> shut up. Chris, Chris Michelle didn't even shake the man's hand. She uh, still... He didn't even shake her hand. Mm. He didn't yeah. shake her hand. Donald Trump ain't got no manners. That's why he's <laughs> shaking no <laughs> hands. It ain't got to do with her or him or nothing. He's just as rude oh. as hell. But, I, mean, I said his, I said his name. Lord have mercy. I should put some, a dollar in the switch. He said about four times. We don't like him. Whatever. Um, But... All this to say, at the very least, as much as we don't know what's next for different athletes, different championships, there's a lot more years to go before this man is out. So, shout out to the Pats for right now taking a, a solid gesture and a solid move to make a stance. What was you about to say? 
Uh, if he keep going the way he going now, impeachment is not far off. But impeachment is not security for through. the fleet again. It's Pants. a fleet of red. Like, we we got to hope for the best. Next in line. Yes. Hope for the best. Yep. And then Mitch McConnell the, the and then I mean, the whomever else. You said who? They some type of document has been yep. drafted up as far as uh, impeachment. You know the little the app <laughs> using the app called uh, Accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they update you. Anything that the um, House is getting ready to vote on, upcoming bills, you've got your local reps' information, can call them, text them, video message. I wish I lived so, in a swing state. Me too. Yeah, I, I, I know. I'm just, I'm on here. I just kind of send my messages. And uh, I may cuss, I may not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you express yourself in a way that's meaningful and effective. You know, I, I'm really feeling it though, so yeah. Countable is the app. Countable. I got off your I got it off your Facebook. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I try to share a lot of stuff to keep the people connected again. I don't live in a swing state, so I but what I did figure out is that you can get on there and like I used to live in Kansas, I used to live in North Carolina. Those are two very important states, um, in terms of decisions that are being made. And they don't go through the work of checking to see where you're from when you place in your call or if you still live there. So if you can provide a zip code for some places that are just terrible and still get your opinion across and make sure to log those calls, do it and use that app to uh, get that type of information so that you can do it consistently and often. Um, I'm definitely, I'm not only working on an argument with some of my students, but we're creating some ways to start to get the attention of some policymakers in terms of no dapple. So I'm excited and the Keystone Project. And so I'm excited for that stuff for real, for real. But um, that we, we've given you a list, you know, keep your eyes open for these people. It's not the big orange one you should be paying attention to. Pay attention to him, but he's stupid. Um, he <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, he's, he's like just the fluke and, and behind a lot of that is a lot of terrible people. Rex Tillerson, Betsy DeVos, Man. Jeff Sessions, Steve Man. Bannon, um, who have been given power and, and a lot of room to roam. And everybody Rents started previous crazy stuff. Yeah, rents previous previous <laughs> to somebody else. Uh, keep your eyes open, people. Uh, don't get caught sleeping at the wheel. Um, these this is the information you need to know. And on that note, I think we're gonna slide up out of here and then come back with the rest of the show. So y'all stay tuned. You know what it is. It's the chop up. The first song up on the chop up is a song called Six Sauce, and it comes from an artist by the name of DJ V off of a project he has coming out called The Mad Mad Maniac. Now, I'm not going to lie, this dude goes hard. He sounds a lot like Vic Mensa, ASAP Rocky, Eminem, and even has a little bit of Tech 9 flavor in there because he's snapping throughout the entire song. But you should check him out. If you like it, he's on YouTube at DJV.net or just get on his website at www.DJ-V.net. Again, the name of the song is Six Sauce, and this is DJV right here on the chop up. Can anyone explain to me how to make a maniac? Anyone? 
Horror flick is on, bitch. Take the pain of every hurtful thing that used to say to me. I just flick my wrist and mix it all into my recipe. Every painful day I used to wake with no one next to me. I flick my wrist and start to mix the recipe, the recipe. Young maniac with six out.
All right, all right. That's some dope music right there. Make sure y'all send in y'all submissions to email at gmail.com. Once again, that is email at gmail.com. Absolutely. Send it in. Make sure it's hot, though. We are screening for, for heat. So no nonsense. Make sure whatever uh, yeah. you send us, music, poetry, prose, um, you doing hip-hop, you got some instrumentals. If you want people to hear what you got to say, just make sure it's flaming, okay? No, no nonsense. No weak stuff. No. Hey, yeah. for the for the for the next section, the um something that the sci-fi nerd in me is really happy about is the <laughs> tech chop. So this this really piqued my interest when I was kind of thinking about stuff for the shows because we're we're doing the podcast and the technology that we use we use Dropbox mm-hmm. for instance we wouldn't be able to maneuver ten years ago without Dropbox Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, IG, everything, all these things that are in our daily lives and and everything's accelerated. We saw the VHSs, we saw the house fall on floppy disk, floppy disk. You yeah. know, you know, we didn't you know cassettes. we were past eight track, we saw cassettes. CDs. Um, Back when CDs first C- got popping. You know what I'm saying? When so DVDs we're saying all these things. And then everything, but everything is like accelerating now. So like in the next ten years, you have like all these. Some of these things I find really incredible. Some things not so, not so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing that's really, really got me is like the three D printing, which we've been seeing for a while. But they, they about to like it really turns up with that. Like you got, they about to be three D printing teeth, clothes, shoes. Uh, they about to be repurposing saw, trash. Um, what did they say? They said they were going to three D print like very hyper specific medication. So, like, instead of you getting, like, just a generic that is just a, what everybody gets, mm-hmm. like, they'll take your physical makeup and all your issues and stuff like that and make a hyper, super specific batch of pills for you. Crazy. Yeah, everything's going to be, like, individualized in the future. Even, like, the way you own things, you can, like, track the value. Like, that bookshelf over there is, well, maybe that's probably not a good example, but some something of value in your home, you, you got can track the value of it and resell it if it you know, you felt like you wasn't using it anymore. Someone else could use it. You can make a little bread off of it. Mm-hmm. You also have things like Google Goggles where you can just actually just take a picture of something and it'll immediately find. You can get that at Walmart, Amazon. Mm-hmm. I forgot all about like that. those glasses. Oh, yeah. I don't think they really took off, but I bet you they try to run them back again. Uh, they going to run them back. That's oh, yeah. that's for sure. That's probably going to be something with the, the interactive thing. You know, you got the, the virtual reality, yep. everything that's... That's coming through. Everything's gonna be interactive. Theme Even, parks, VR, sporting they were, events. Yeah, sporting events. They were saying they' about to get hyper real to the point where you feel like you're on the field, which yeah. is wild. People can't go to the games no more anyway. Well, they can if you want to break bank, but you know, uh, especially with all these billion dollar stadiums coming up, it's it's you might as well stay at home. Look, I had a, I had an Amazon uh, dot that or the Echo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and just that experiencing that, you know. Is is ridiculous because you know you, Alexa, uh, do I gotta wear a raincoat today? It's uh fifty <laughs> degrees. It'll be you know, and she just goes in like just breaks mm-hmm. it down. Mm. And to be and to to know its functionality, it can you know you can connect it to like if you have a smart house, you know you connect it to your alarm system, you can connect it to your your lights, your windows, mm-hmm. your refrigerator. It's it's ridiculous and like we. When you think about it, we we are in the future. Like the devices yeah. that we use, um, with stuff we used to. I used to see on Star Trek, mm-hmm. and now yeah. I'm like, yo, I, I kind of nerd out over. I'm, I'm big on phones, <laughs> like, and I nerd out every time because it's like I have 
things that, you know, the heroes and the space people had. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, yeah, you it's saw bad. that on the movies, tablets and little wireless communications. Yeah. Headsets. Like, you know, it's, we're going to get to the point where there's going to be Wi-Fi everywhere. Yeah. You connect to the internet at all times. That's kind of scary, though. That's scary. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> it doesn't come without its fear. You know, you know these what I'm things saying? are coming. These, these, it's coming in the next ten years. Like this is this will be our reality. Hey, what's 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 crazy about it is you know if you go along with science fiction tropes, we better hope we haven't been predicting the future for the last 15, 15 years of science fiction. Or we gonna blow up the moon? <laughs> right. mm. Or blow up our so anybody that's like hippo hippo like sci fi like that's. A reoccurring theme. My nerves bad, y'all. My nerves bad now. Colonizing the moon. (laughs) (laughs) And and there there's like a a bunch of different things that goes into colonizing the moon. And uh, Uh, well, I think they're going to be they're talking about using like hydrogen or something, and something like that. And and that's highly explosive. And we don't want these. We do not want these self-driving cars. That's that's coming. We don't. Yeah. We 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 don't want it though. And I'm explaining to you. Once we start developing that that's that type of AI, mm-hmm. once we start developing that type of artificial intelligence, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I, I I agree. <laughs> we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. I mean, we know, listen. We know what happens when technology that can think on its own comes to the conclusion of how do you fix humanity? And they're like, oh, we have to get rid of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no bullshit. Like, they start rationalizing these things. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, you, you, you mentioned in the last segment that someone on the Trump staff was real big on robotics. Yes. Um, I, I should look his name up. Um, I mean, I missed it, but... I he's mean, a CEO that's... of uh, Hardee's, um, Carl Okay. Jr. Yeah, he, he feels like that they should... Uh, that robots should replace people as far as doing blue-collar jobs. Mm-hmm. So you seeing how this can be enacted? These policymakers in position, the te- technology is already there. So now they just meeting in the next decade. I mean, that's what it basically sounds like. I mean, and it's only a matter of time before um, I think we start seeing. I, I it's scary. I'm gonna go through this list real quick, just real quick. Yeah, yeah, hit it. Hit um, because in terms of just cars and transportation, this is what they say. We'll end up with crash-proof cars. Volvo already says their cars will be crash-proof before 2020. Uh, driverless car hailing apps, much like signaling an Uber or a Lyft, uh, only without the drivers. A uh, large fleet ownership of driverless cars. Some companies will own millions of driverless cars. Electronic or electric cars will routinely win major races like the Daytona 500, the Grand Prix, and the Indy 500. Um, and... Let's see, in-car work and entertainment systems to keep people busy and entertained as driverless cars take them to their destination. So while we on the way, I'm about to sit back and watch the news. While we on the way, I'm going to finish this report. While we on the way, I'm going to just, you know, this before we drop the kids off, I'm going to just talk to my kids for a couple of minutes before they have to get out. And so I'm going to just turn around. And this is what our vehicles are supposed to be able to do. So it's it's weird because, I mean, you get that Jetson, that Jetsons vibe. You get that. Yeah. Um, Whatever, pick up, pick up. Yeah, you know, I mean, we Bro, already we saw bootleg hoverboards with wheels on them. Next thing you know, they will be literally hoverboards. Terminator we, too. We I believe it. We don't want it. We don't want it. Once we, you know, it's a, it's a slippery it's slope. Mm-hmm. It's a slippery slope. I mean, the faster technology grows, the more humanity becomes more 
uh, obsolete. Yeah. Like biology becomes obsolete. Yes. And, I mean, I, listen, I don't want to take take it too far, but you know, they already started talking about three D printing organs. Mm-hmm. It's the real thing. Three D printing hearts, bones. Sounds I think they great. Probably, like, prototype those. Right. Sounds great. But what happens when these prosthetics get more advanced? Mm-hmm. I want to be stronger. You know, then it's gonna go to who can afford it, and it's already gonna go to who can afford it. That's already gonna be the first thing. Yeah. So poor people gonna continue to die and die quick. Mm-hmm. People who can afford it are gonna live longer, um, and be more sustainable. That allows for them to continue taking over and capitalizing over communities and spaces where now ain't nobody living there no more. They all died from yeah. this thing, and so I'm gonna just slide in because my heart's gonna keep ticking forever. And, and we are gonna keep destroying the earth as we do it. Yeah, throughout the process, we're I mean, already past technology. The is, technology is is, is is known to be poisonous. The chemicals we use mm. are known to be poisonous to the earth. So the, the more advanced our technology gets, the worse the chemicals get. I mean, look like the strongest form of energy we have can destroy us all, <laughs> like nuclear energy. In terms of health tech, my bad, Cam. What was you about to say? No, no, go ahead, because that was important when it helped the health tech. Yeah, I was just going to go down the list of a couple things here. I already mentioned the 3D pill printers that are going to be hyper-personalized and very precise uh, in terms of what they give you, the dosage and stuff. Uh, Also, ingestible data collectors filled with sensors to give a daily internal health scan and report. Prosthetic limbs that are controlled by AI. uh, Real-time blood scanners. Peer-to-peer health insurance. So I don't know how that's supposed to work. Yeah, what would that right. be? What I is peer-to? No hmm. I saw that one, so I wasn't quite sure how that would work. Uh, something, what? Something. Who was? Say it. I'm not saying it's something that's that's on the horizon. Hmm. I was kind of thinking of it as you, you have some type of insurance you offer, like as. As an individual entity or something. I don't know what that's supposed to look like, but I don't want nobody trying to insure me. I'm good. What are you talking about? What does yeah, that even mean? That, and then you talking about peer to peer. Right? Like, hey, you, get, you miss me with that one. Period. <laughs> then they say FaceTime like checkups without needing a doctor's appointment. Full body physical health scanners offering instant AI medical diagnosis located in most pharmacies. And cameras for smartphones for DY dental checkups. So. Kind of like, I guess, how you scan your check. If right. you don't want to go take it to the bank, they're going to be yeah. like, just hold your mouth up to the light and we'll take a look and let you know whether you need a root canal or whether that's a cavity or whether you just have the gum disease known as gingivitis. Hey. <laughs> Shout out to, what is that family guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it'll be able to tell you all that stuff. So I don't know. Um, but those are some of the health tech things that are on the horizon for the next few years, which is crazy. Right. So something else that they they hit on in the article and uh, shout out to the, the future speaker. That's the where we pulling this all this information from. Mm-hmm. Um, was like the like the body scanner. Like, what about our privacy? They mentioned that there's some type of legislation we've had to pass concerning our privacy when it comes to like all this new technology. So you know, just wonder like, what would that look like with things that are able to read your body once you walk into a room. Like I think it also mentions that the artificial intelligence will be able to pick up on your moods 
and your vitals and play a certain certain song that uh, that you might like at that moment or a movie or put on a TV show. AI selection of movies and television shows based on moods, ratings, and personal preferences. Mm-hmm. And then what you talked about was AI sleep optimizers that will control all the environmental factors, heat, light, sound, oxygen levels, smell, positioning, vibration levels, and more as you try to sleep. It's the future, y'all. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't, but I don't like that. Like, I got it. Uh, yeah. I got it. Like, I don't need, and I'm okay with that. And I almost feel like as, because we've had, I think, enough time to think about and to also witness some of the downfalls of too much technology too fast, mm-hmm. we are yeah. in a different position in terms of probably receiving it than what generations before us have been. So I think we might be the first generation to receive technology and be like, we don't want it. We don't want that. Like, and I hope that's what we end up turning to is the people who can revolt and push back. I mean, we're such a a society of convenience um, that I don't know how likely that it is to happen or to what extent it's going to take for us to be like, no, I will walk. No problem. But I'm scared that like. I mean, we're like, like you said, we passed the point of no return. Like we, I mean, kids nowadays know how to open the phone, you know. Know how to, you know, you. I get you, Facetime calls from two year olds all the time. Kids, like you know, they know, can, they can know open they their calling favorite me. app. They they're technologically advanced <laughs> at ages where you know we still playing with Legos yeah. and blocks, blocks. You know, and so it's like the, what, what these kids know, what they, what they're gonna know how to do, <laughs> like how smart they're gonna be. Mm-hmm. They like we. Grew up in an age where we was probably the last generation that probably actually opened up an encyclopedia. We didn't have to Google search everything. Yeah. You know, and the old man to come out. I'll let you know right now. Like, <laughs> I read it's like National Geographic, going through magazines. Yeah. We were probably that last generation that was that, that actually experienced flipping through them pages and reading through that information. We are. And not having it instantly available. Like, at the... At the at the literally the, the press tip. of a button, yeah, you can have all the information you need. We have bridged a lot of important aspects of the evolution of our society. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially in terms of the significance of tech and like just how big of a role it already plays in our lives, plus how big of a role it is going to play. We just had a list of 72 different ways that technology was going to change our lives in the next 10 or so years. Like, we have been the generation that has seen that shift the most. We call. I mean, I guess. Like, we're making it happen. Indigenous like, people might be, I say, the closest people to see that. And that's because they saw and experienced and lived, you know, mm-hmm. on land and lived a very particular way. And then they saw mm-hmm. a whole new group of people with a whole new innovative way of living and thinking and doing. Just kind of take that stuff and turn it into something else. And then you got the Industrial Revolution, so on and so forth. But see, when you, when you think about it, though, it's the difference, you know, that we make right now so unique is it's, it's us. Like it's it's people our age mm-hmm. that 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 are literally changing the world, and I mean the CEOs still are making all the money. Yeah. But it's like it's it's millennials coming out of MIT, coming out of you know all of these large yeah. universities, creating this new technology, new ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. You know the old people are just hiring up the young people and say, "Give me ideas," you know, and we're changing the world this fast. So it's just like, you know, it's at at some point. I mean, who knows? Like it, the, the sky's the limit. It seems like you know we we look up and the the world is already different. So it's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So last kind of 
I guess comments and questions to y'all is are or I guess is and would be um what if anything because we talked about being really concerned about all these changes are you excited for anything are you just like it would be dope as concerned as I am as wild as this is as fast as things are working it is kind of dope or it would be kind of dope if x y and z does do do y'all have any anything you want to happen in terms of tech that you've been waiting on I'm I'm really looking at this uh, this 3D printing is is really fascinating to me and I actually after reading this article started looking up 3D printers and was like oh that's not like out the range of possibilities because I know a couple years ago it was you know just not you were you weren't getting that no nah, mm-hmm. but I think I think that could be really cool for someone that like to tinker with things and create things I think that could be cool and uh, it's just but other things, not so much. Just like the robotics and the the advancement in the AI, like that's that could be scary, creepy, all that. So, mm-hmm. but there there are some things to be, I guess you could be excited about. But for me, it's like three D printing would be really cool. That's your thing. What what about you? Uh, I would like to see the direction video games go in. <laughs> <laughs> the what video, video games? games. Uh, okay. You know, PlayStation. I'm a, yeah, I'm a PlayStation guy. Uh, PlayStation two, three, four, like from PlayStation one to PlayStation four. Um, I done had them all. I've appreciate, you know, I appreciate it. You know, I'm I'm probably the first generation of like we we fight for our game system. Yeah, you know? <laughs> definitely. Uh, it's that real, and and I've I've seen games venture into like the motion activated into the. Um, yeah. the uh, we to connect reality, to yeah. whatever other system. Um, and to see him going to the VR now is 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 huge. To, is so virtual reality games, like just straight in your face, especially when so much gameplay is at is at a first person level. Um, yeah. it, it's interesting to see see where that goes. I'm with it. I mean, I ain't scared of it. Is, is it, EA Sports still a thing? Oh, EA Sports is still the thing. Yeah, they gonna yeah. be. I'm gonna call it now. They gonna they change their slogan have... to EA Sports. You're in the game. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but they, they just don't have a football game. Contact. They oh. Pro, uh, oh, no, 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 not football game. Excuse me, that's completely wrong. They don't have a basketball game. They don't have a basketball. Game. No, they ha- yeah, they live, do. Live it's just trash. Out. I just thought about it. It's so bad. Live got what? I thought they stopped him. Taking it for for some years. They did. They just recently brought it back, mm. but it's trash. Uh, Live is really really uh, bad. Like you play if you play basketball games. Well, they got some game. time to up it and make that game an experience. Well, did y'all see the Barack Obama in the Charlotte uh, Hornets Mm-mm. uniform? Did y'all see? Y'all haven't seen this? No. Somebody no. made a Barack Obama, uh, like a a, a player, and it was oh, it looked oh, like yeah. him. Oh, yeah. 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 Did y'all see that? I I, I didn't get it. I didn't watch the video. No, I scroll. I scroll. The likeness was enough for me to be like, what? Yeah. Oh, nah, you can do it. Making making the uh, uh, making players face scan. They, they yeah, have that that face scan is is no hard. It's like it was the coolest, weirdest kind of thing. And if you can get on there and like say mm-hmm. words, but it comes out in the voice of Barack Obama, he got these dunks on. Or then what is them? The ones? The ones, yeah. Uh, the ones, I see. Yeah, yeah. You, you must be looking at the same thing I am. With his tucked in shirt and his, yeah. ma- and his mom jeans. Yes, honey. Yes, with the mom <laughs> jeans. Yes, that's, it is. That's him. Why that's he got him. Carolina on, though? Like, I wonder why they put him in. Because that's probably who he just got drafted to, type shit. Okay. That's my player. Well, um, 
the interesting, interesting to say the least. But VR and video games definitely would intensify. Yeah, I, I mean, I listen, that if robots is about to take over, you, well, what was you, hold on? You, what you was about to say? I real was going to say if, if robots are going to take over the world. Hey, I, I'm I'm cool chilling in my game until you know what I'm saying? it's all it's all said and done. Understood. But what about yourself? Um, I don't know. I'm the person that like whenever you ask me like the little icebreaker question, if you had any superpower, what would it be? And it's like I'm like I want to teleport because I hate uh, the time it takes to get places, oh and yeah. I'm like. <laughs> I, I just want to up and be there yeah. or not have to. And I don't like driving. You know what I'm saying? Like there's just a whole lot about moving around that I hate. And so I'm really excited for the transportation um, innovations that are going to happen. Like yeah. just zoom me or get me there or put me in the sky or don't make me drive or, you know what I'm saying? Cause you want to, so, you know, teleportation involves like your molecules being broken down and being recreated yeah. and structured somewhere. Well, I'm else. not saying I don't want teleportation. I just want easier, <laughs> convenient ways to get from my point A to point B. If that means I ain't driving, so be it. If that means I can do other things while I'm in this car, so be it. If that means I want to hell a ride. From the lift, by the way, we got a lift code out there. If you all don't have lift, make sure you get on there and use the chop up as the code. Um, and you'll get what fifty dollars in free rides or something like that, KG. Bang bang, that is correct. Straight like that. So no, we out here working with Lyft. If y'all have dumped Uber, if y'all not banging with them no more, make sure you use the chop up as the code. But if you want to call an Uber, um, our Ur Lyft, a Lyft predominantly, particularly using our code. Um, it'll pull up on you with no driver in there. You get in there and don't have to have that small talk with them. You don't have to get in there and listen to what they're on the, the radio. that's the best part about it. You don't have to. Uh, you just on the way. Like, yes, I'm here for that all day long. Oh, man. So I want the I want the transportation innovation. I'm not going to lie. Taking the man out they of said, his job. I mean, even in terms of error. Yeah. Air flight, like I, I know that's terrible because Uber and Lyft are already doing those things to taxi drivers, and so. So you said <laughs> you go like you just take it out. Take Listen, it out I didn't call y'all out for what y'all's <laughs> visions come at these. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like come at these. I just let you live. I can take the disaster to both of y'all, but I'm just over here living. So in an ideal world where there are no drawbacks, I just want to get around a little bit easier. That would be that would be the thing that I choose, but. Um, it sounds like we'll probably get what we're asking for sooner than later. Um, we're going to see. I just hope that our hearts and our minds are prepared to receive it. Amen. Amen. Glory. Mm-hmm. Glory. Uh, KG, anything else on the on the tech tip, on the tech chop? We'll, we'll wait till the next time on the tech chop. That was fun. I, absolutely. I really did enjoy it. And I know that um, I will probably be keeping my eyes open a little bit more now that, you know, you got me thinking in that direction in terms of what's happening next. So. Ugh, Lord knows I can't keep up with these doggone iPhones. Hey, well, no, one, one more thing What's up? on the tech chop before I forget. Yeah. I, I think I want to hit on this, too, because, like, everybody out there trying to be on their hustle, be entrepreneurs, you also have to always be aware of what's coming next. So that was kind of my, my intention of bringing this up, like, just kind of thinking, like, what's, what's coming next? What should I be prepared for? What, what should I be thinking? How should I be brainstorming? You know, just, just bracing for the future always. Mm-hmm. You know, staying on your toes, keep ear to the streets. And um, yo, be creative. Stay at it. Yeah, real talk. Real talk. All right. So yeah. what's up? What's up next? I think we got some more music. Definitely, we are gonna jump into that, and then uh, I guess slide into the last little piece. Hey, let's do it. It's the chop up. 
The song you're about to hear is from an artist coming out of Kansas City, Missouri. His name is Tut, and the song is Serve You Up. He's on the team with Mark My Words Entertainment and is known as the guy with the vocals bringing the undeniable R&B. And you'll see why they say that when you hear this song. If you want more, follow him on SoundCloud or on YouTube. His name is simply Tut, T-U-T. Once again, the name of this song is Serve You Up, and you've heard it first right here on The Chop Up. Ever had. Yeah, them haters gonna be mad, but you're the best I've the ever best had. I've but ever let had. me keep it trill, girl. You know I ain't no poser, ain't no range, ain't no plane, ain't no rover, but scoot over on the sofa. Hide the eyes where we express our love, caressing her. Yeah, it dips when we look the best in the club. And I find down, and I stayed on her mind. And I know you've done so much, so much, so much for me, baby. You like a prayer or a blunt for court never coming up short. That's why I love you, I love you. The gang stay twisted, but you keep my spirits lifted. My life completely shifted when I fell in love with you. And I will never give up on you, my baby. I love you, will always trust in you, my lady. We'll make it last from beginning till the end forever. My lifetime friends, so you know that I'm all I wanna do is rock your body tonight Anything that you want done, baby You know I'm trying to rock your body tonight So go on and bend it over Let me serve you up Let me serve you up Anything you wanna do So girl, you know it's all on you All right, we back right now with the chop up. Uh, you know we keeping the bangers going. 
Um, definitely love to hear good R&B, love to hear some solid finesse. And so shout out to Big B on that track. Real quick, though, we want to get toward the end of the show, but we got to close it out with the entertainment chop. And the reason why I'm so excited is that I just saw one of the most amazing movies who's already been decorated. It's already been awarded. People are already um, screaming and hollering about it. And I'm so happy I got a chance to go see Hidden Figures for myself. Um, and KG, you went to go see it too, right? Yep, last night, last night. It was amazing, dope, inspirational. I left there wanted to solve quadratic equations at one of the morning. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Right. I didn't want to solve any equations. I'm not going to tell that <laughs> lie. Uh, but it did. It did do some some interesting things to me in terms of reminding me that I mean, my people just they make moves. You know what I'm saying? And dramatization, dramatization, and uh, the cinematics of it all, and all these climactic scenes aside. Like, I really did think that film just, once again, put me in a position to see the struggle, right? And to see the perseverance, mm-hmm. to see the will, to see the determination. My favorite um, um, definition of determination that i kind of been rocking with lately is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. And that is, like, the definition of what these women, um, these women being Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson um, did. Um, with NASA, with the society and the civil rights issues of the time, with being women, um, you know, notwithstanding being black. And so just just all of these, it, it was crazy. And then what happened, like, it came out, what, three or four weeks ago? It came out a little while ago, right? Yeah, it's kind of old now. The Yeah, the it's, show and I went for 715 was sold out. That's like, what Whoa. blew my mind. Like, the, the theater I was in wasn't light by any means. We turned that. You know how you walk in and you like, oh yeah, I'm about to go to the back, get that good seat, sit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Honey, we walked in and was like, oh, okay. Um, I guess we're being yeah. told where we gonna sit because every other place was taken. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. I, I think all of this to say, my angle with this, uh, in terms of entertainment chop, is exploring the fact that black people are are everywhere right yeah. now. They're not everywhere they need to be, but they are literally. We are all over the place. And more importantly, white people don't know how to feel about that is the sense that I'm getting. Like, black people are literally everywhere. They're creeping up and sliding up on your TV screens, on your cinema, on your Netflix cues with these independent projects, uh, on your YouTube series, in your music, on your eyes. Like, we are everywhere. And the sentiment I'm getting is that white people really do not know how to feel about that. And I say that... They're they're salty, but they also before we even get to the salty part, it's like it's it's the it's the epitome of uh what is it uh when you both love and hate black people, it's like negrophilia and negrophobia. Frenemies. Yeah, like the the, the <laughs> definition of being frenemies, and that's that's what we live. That's where we live in, where they hate you and love you. It's like it's, what what kind? Of, it's like bittersweet. Mm. You're gonna be the death of me. I don't want you, but I need you. I love you and hate you at the very same time. We say, see what I want so much. She never hurt this bad. Never been here before. That's what the virgin said. You've been generally warned. That's what the surgeon said. God, talk to me now. This is an emergency. All right, I just, I, 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 yeah, I blacked out. That was the heat. But that was when Kanye was still good. Anyway, but, oh man, bittersweet relationship with black people, um, and like being in that theater, prove that for me, cause it was. First, it was just, I mean, I'm in Southern California, so it's mad white people. 
a couple brown people in the audience to be expected as well. But I was able to walk in while the lights were still up. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. They really do. They care about our stories. Or do they care about it? Like, and who was... It was weird. Like... I'm a cynic. I'm bad. (laughs) I I have no trust. It's all... It's consumption. Yeah. It's like they consume... It's entertainment. You know what I mean? That's what it... It's entertainment. Of course, the fact that it really happened just makes it even better. It makes it a better story. Yeah, you know what I mean. But at the same time, it's it's like they it's it's consumption. They consume it just like you Anything know, else? yeah, just like how they how they sit and like no like, thought process or crime shows reflective and, nature. Yeah. yeah, they don't see themselves as being major proponents right. of a lot of the things that are because that's like when you they know, don't support those structures exactly. You know, they can cognitively disconnect themselves from that because it's them people up there back then. Right, doing those terrible things and it has no real large bearing on what things look like now or at least I don't think in a way that is material enough for them right. to like go out and do anything about like this happened yes instead of being in marvel of it and being like oh my god they were so strong you need to be like hmm is it possible that any of the remnants any of the residuals from that are still existing in my life today yeah. I mean why and if so what can I do it shouldn't be I mean yes these women should definitely be honored right but at the same time, white people should feel bad. Like they should really just be like, they shouldn't leave with a good feeling. Like what the women had to go through, even the drop, the way that they even dramatized, you know, the portion where she went to the restroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the way the way they dramatized that, that shouldn't have made it a better movie. It should have made the white people even matter. That like that's like really that's what people had to go through back then. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like and it's. They don't need the lead feeling good. Like I, at the end of the day, whether it's hidden figures, you know, twelve years a slave, Django, you know what I mean? <laughs> like they should never leave feeling like, wow, you know that was, you know, that was something that that left something positive on my heart because it, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely should leave something like way more than just some warmth. I mean, does every does every depiction of black people have to do that though? But every depiction, I, I, I don't, I don't fly with that. I mean, I've showing intelligent black people in the media is is what we need. I recently just watched a video about a Korean man going around in Korea asking their perceptions of black people, and the majority of the people said they get their their perceptions of black people from the media. Mm-hmm. So you you see people out here, you know, striving. These are these weren't just magnificent people. These were these were geniuses. Literally, you know, that, were, that were doing thing. You know what I'm saying? So that that image portrayal in the media is, I think, something that we um, should definitely see more of. It's it's a shame that it's it hasn't happened more, but you know, I'll take it because it was a major uh, major production. Um, it's getting much love and it's letting people know, like, hey, we come in, um, you know, the multiplicities of black people, which geniuses, we we the movers, we the shakers, we the thinkers. We, we, we are that. literally what make your society and what make your culture. I just, I, I feel like, like we I mean, should. It's good to see. It's just good to see. For sure. It's, it's, it's great to look at, for sure. I just, I just feel like it's so, but it's so many more stories like that that haven't been, that haven't had their dramatizations yet. Agreed. You know, there's so many black inventors. Black geniuses, black millionaires, you know, 
Like the fact that the uh, Tulsa race riots is just now getting some type of uh, traction. You know what I mean? Like we have to create it for these white audiences to want to see in order for us to get to, to get that validation. And I just uh, I think we need to move beyond that because for them. I, it's definitely something that black people need to see. And that's what the other and, side of it that hasn't been resolved is like, yeah, so we've resolved what white people should be doing with it and yeah. how they should be feeling about it, how they shouldn't be feeling about it. Yeah. But what about black people who black. need to see and need to know right. that they, they, these things happen or are part of their history? Because I would have had no idea. And that's why it's, it's not to say that they shouldn't be made. But when, yeah, but when it's definitely a question of white people consuming it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's always, it's always something that's suspect there. Well, let me ask you this, KG. In terms of, look, it might just be people consuming it. You'll be able to answer this question with that information. What was the reception? What was the atmosphere in the theater? What was? How did people receive it? How did white people receive it? Was there were there a lot of white people there? Like, give me the the rundown in the mo. I think we were only black people in the theater. <clears throat> it was a late show, so I, we missed the, the sold out show. Mm-hmm. They probably would have gave a better picture, but. Um, I think the rest of the people in the movie theater with us were, were white, and I think there was an Hispanic couple. Mm-hmm. And um, I was laughing at some of the stuff that I thought was funny, and I was noticing that no one else was laughing. I was trying, <laughs> like, you know, some of the, like, the black, the, you know, the those black things that you just see in movies that are just, you find funny, or you, you see the humor, or you can relate to that exactly. situation. And you're like, oh, okay, that's funny. But then I noticed, like, okay, let me, like, I be cackling in here. <laughs> Do you ever, yeah, like, but, hear, like, white people, they'll laugh at, like, the wrong thing? Like, I didn't experience that. And mm. I have experienced that in other movies. Like, okay. That was, <laughs> yeah, like, don't laugh at that. Mm-mm. But all right. I don't. Yeah, shh. Yeah. You be quiet. You be quiet. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think it was it was a pretty mellow crowd. I, I could tell that uh, from just, you know, based on body language and, you know, all that. But people enjo- enjoyed it. I thought it was a... Uh, it was a good crowd, though. Definitely a great story. Yeah. Definitely a great story. Was there an applause um, in your theater? Yes. Somebody somebody did, did like a few <laughs> claps, but it wasn't like... Was it one of yours? Yeah. It was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there was like... But it was, wasn't. There was no, no applause. But I, I, I did feel, feel good inside after the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was an internal applause for you and others in, in Dallas. Yeah, well, yeah, here, yeah. Here, it was late. It was just late. I don't do the late movies, but it was it was good. Yeah, I, I, I was sleeping in movies before, and that wasn't happening. This one, it was. Uh, it was. It I, kept I was you. On it kept you. Yeah. Well, they they definitely did a nice rousing round of applause, and it almost got awkward, right? So. At the end of the movie, it's like boom, end of the movie, and so you clap, right? But then they do the part. And so here's the thing. I'm not even going to say clapping passively like that's normal for me because it's kind of not. I had to think back to other experiences where people actively emoted and responded to what was happening like that. And the last time I can remember being in a theater where the collective response to the movie was like that strong was like Passion of the Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... Like, Pastor the Christ, honey, wow. I never forget. That was the, I had a hell of a time in that movie because people was catching the Holy Ghost, people was shouting, everybody was crying. It was a lot. I mean, I went to go see the movie in the urban core of Kansas City. As, as much as you don't oh, get, I was at War Parkway. Oh, and so that's about as close to, to the hood. No, I went with my mama. Oh, man. Who she had an experience as well. <laughs> and I'm here for it. 
Let God move in this place. Hallelujah. However, I was not expecting like just the entire, like the collective of the theater went into a praise a couple different times. Like when they was beating Jesus, they were just very moved. It was a lot going on. Oh, a lot going on. That's crazy. And so that was a more extreme collective, like, oh my gosh, I'm in a theater with other people. Like, generally, you go to the movies and you with other people, but you like, I'm by myself, or I'm with me and my boo, and we just in this dark room, and it's just us, even though it's more people. You kind of forget about that part. Right. There was right. no forgetting about that. At Passion of the Christ, and there was no forgetting about that at Hidden Figures. Like, collective laughter, collective... You would have thought we was at the theater, honey, the way that they brought, <laughs> busted out in applause. I was like, are these actors here? Are they about to come out? Did I get a special ticket? And I didn't know. Is somebody coming out from the back? Because they... But here's where it got awkward. They broke out into applause, and then they do the thing in the movies where they come back and give you, like, the end point of the people's lives. Like, it ends on a solid note, and then they come back and do the, like, words on the screen where, right, right. you know, they sew it up a little bit. And so, all through that, people was like... <laughs> like... And, and then... And then yeah, and so, <laughs> it was like clapping for each little tidbit of information, and then it got to the end of all of that, and they was like... Do we do an official clap for, like, the end-end? Like, these are the official credits. Like, the movie is ended. The extra information is ended. Is this our turn now? And the funny thing was that the crowd collectively decided after two (laughs) test claps that we weren't clapping no more. Like that. Somebody somebody was like, okay. (laughs) And we we proceeded to exit. Y'all was clapping. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just like, man, the people in here really felt this joint, and I felt it. Hey, that's that's cool. Have you seen? Have, uh, have, have you seen Twelve Years a Slave? I haven't seen it. I, I'm scared. It. I can't. What watch about it. you, Ken? I've seen it and read the book. So mm-hmm. when you were in the theater, did they clap at the end of Twelve Years a Slave? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. See. Like one time, I did want to clap in the theater was when uh, Jamie Foxx was beating that slave master in <laughs> <Yeah>. Django. <laughs> Django, you know but I don't think it. Don't, I, I don't think people really responded like that. that movie. I feel like I don't know why Django didn't mean more to black people than it should. Be- I, I mean, it was it was so much. Because I think I watched Django. I mean, fairly recently. It's I need to watch it again. It was one of the movies that I was like, I don't need to see this for a while. Thank you. Yeah. But I don't, need to, I don't need it. It was the same thing with Passion of the Christ. Like, hallelujah. Like, <laughs> you died on that third day, Lord. Yeah. And then you rose again with all the power. Um, and, you know, in your hands. And I believe it. Yes. And we'll talk about it later. Yes. And I'm so excited to see you. And I was like, thank you for that. Yes. I'll read it from now on. <laughs> I'll just read it. Um, I still have vivid images. You know what I'm saying? It's um, tough. It's that it's that it's that trauma. Yeah, yeah. Um but dealing and navigating as we shall and as we shant. Um I I just it's it's weird. And and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about in terms of black people being everywhere dominating cuz this movie took awards as did like stuff like Moonlight as have uh what was that? What was Insecure um mm-hmm. by Issa Rae like I can come up with a million examples uh Chance killing it at the Grammys, Solange doing her thing even though she ain't getting no love at the Grammys. Atlanta uh, Atlanta taking off for childish and his album like so many so much saturation and these are these are just tip 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 of the iceberg like I'm ashamed Migos um 
who else can I name that been clowning? Um, oh, who else? Dram. Who else is out here really eating? You still got all the the in general, just like people are putting out projects that are being massively consumed I mean, by listen, the public. I ain't, I'm not listen. saying whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. I'm that's, just thinking I'm of. I will never listen to Little Yachty's music, but that what he's been able to do mm-hmm. is ridiculous. It's it's something. It's interesting. It's a thing. I mean, it's. It's, it's it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. But you know, at the same time, we gotta take all this with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? Like popular culture. I'm thinking more so. Um, let me speak on the Grammys more so, because it's just like one minute they love us, next minute they can care less about us. Mm-hmm. Then we throw up a hoop in the holler, and then they want us back. You know, it's a it's a it's a sick cycle. It's a sick cycle. Our threshold is too low for what it means to mean something to these people. I think yeah. you know, and that's where yeah. it gets weird. You know, what I mean, because you're trying to gain relevance and get visibility from people who will never see you. They don't understand yeah. you. Never be on their level. You never register to them the same way um, that other products of their culture and other you know kind of manifestations of them do. And so it's a weird relationship. I think though. Intention with like the love that white people are showing and popular culture in general is showing to the artifacts of black people and blackness. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is that they they not really feeling that either. They also pissed about it. It's a lot of angry white people that's just like sick mm-hmm. and tired of hearing these people's stories and travels from the bottom to the top and us being responsible for like these are people's rallying cry because. In whatever medium that's being chosen, they sick of hearing these stories. Prime example of the underbelly, and I think this also represents white people not really knowing how to feel about black people all over the place, all over the place is the overwhelming response to Netflix and the TV series Dear White People. So y'all remember the movie came out um, a couple years ago, a few years ago now, um, exposed used a uh, fictional university to explode some stereotypes that are associated with black people, but also to uncover a lot of the anti-blackness that happens on white campuses and specifically kind of expose fraternities and sororities and different organizations that prop up racism and anti-blackness and structural and institutional violence in institutions and environments that are designed to teach you how to not do those things, I think is what's very important, right? Like you go to college to learn and unlearn. And there is the place where a lot of bad practices are perfected in terms of who you are in the world. So, Dear White People, whole series dedicated to that now. And white folk is, they, they're pissed. They're hot. I think Netflix saw in this past few days 250,000 people leave hmm. or cancel their accounts is the number that I saw floating around. They're probably sharing it anyway. <laughs> I know it's two hundred. It's two hundred fifty thousand people that canceled, but a million people. People ain't pissed. watching no more. Yeah, <laughs> like about a million. So, so these are the same people that canceled that Netflix got the Luke Cage, or this just the rest of the people. I guess it's the rest of them. You know, the Luke Cage has been gone. Either that, or they got tired. Yeah, I was mad about that too. Oh, they were there hot. Any white characters portrayed or something like that? Yeah, because Luke Cage, the cast was entirely black. Mostly. Yeah, mostly. Um, the bad guy was, black, or was white. Which is also something that they never want to see. <laughs> yeah. That's cognitive dissonance for them. They don't yeah. understand that at all. 
But we also replacing their heroes. You know, yeah, Johnny Storm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the Fantastic Four movie wasn't you know wasn't that great, but <laughs> still, you know, that was great that they had Michael B. Jordan in there um, playing that role. It's usually. Is a white guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider Man is uh, black and uh, Latino now. You know, so it's just in, in a lot of places they seen their hero. It Star Wars, they was you know mad about a black person, and it's just like, dude, everything else that you see on TV, everything, yeah, top to bottom, you know what I mean? It's all you. It's all you. It's, it's, it's all you. I just don't like the insecurity is the insecurity is crazy. But it's it's always been it's always been like that underbelly that that underculture that like kind of bring it to the forefront. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's why YouTube shows end up great. Underground artists now start to win Grammys because you know who who consumes the most underground rap music? White people, white, people. white. <laughs> white boy, white college white boys. They love to tell you about some uh, a rapper you ain't ever heard. of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too. Hey, be on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, I mean, just like even uh, I, I I have to point out, I watched Insecure, and that's like one of the blackest things mm-hmm. I have ever seen. Yeah, and I mean, it was yeah. you know I you can't be you cannot be black, grow up in the inner city, and not relate to some and be a millennial mm-hmm. and not relate uh, to uh, on some level. So just shout out to, to Issa Rae, killing that, it. Yeah, that that shows. And, I mean, and. Uh, Donald Glover in um, Atlanta, you know, you get that same feel, that same vibe, you know, and so it's uh, it's it's, it's a great feeling when we can when we can sit there and consume them arts. Yeah, and they hate it when we take our narratives into our own hands. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's the worst thing you can possibly do is to have the truth tellers be the people who was there to experience it themselves. Oh yeah. Oh, they don't want that part. You know they, what I'm saying? They usually don't like how they portray it at all. Because <laughs> that means telling the whole truth. That means not only showing the part where we got up here and. Busted through and kicked through, but we got to show people what we busted and kicked through, right? We got to show people what walls we had to tear down to get there. And you were probably a barrier. Yeah. Um. You you might have been in the way a little bit, and by you, I mean the people whom you descended from, um, and that you reap the benefits of, you know, based on their positioning in the world. It's a lot of people like, why do I have to sit here and listen to, you know, these false characterizations? It's not like this anymore. Yes, it is. What you don't realize is that you live in a system and you benefit and are privileged within a system that was set up and designed to allow you to thrive. Ten generations of economical advancement, um, generations upon generations of embedded liberty and justice and freedom attached to just what you look like, but denied to other people because of what they look like. Like, all these things are things you just inherited. You just came out... And you just balling, and in ways that you will never be able to explain or fathom because you don't see it from the other side. I mean, the 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 sad thing about it is if they if they don't want to believe it, it's not going it's not going to be true. <laughs> and so you know, we sit up here and we see like we see black people in front of us doing great, you know, uh, winning awards, mm-hmm. and we like, all right, bet, okay. Yeah, like let's go team. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But they get enraged because it's like, it, it, if it's any truth in that, then I have to feel some type of bad, and I don't want to do that. Exactly. You know, it's, eh, you know, I, I, I we we should keep striving for it though. You know, I'd never be the type of person to be like, you know, this it, it shouldn't come out or. You know, I'm not gonna see it because you know I feel like none of it's ever gonna be perfect. We always gonna have a criticism. We always gonna say you yeah. know it's not up to super black standards because to be for real, 
if it's on if it's if it has that big of a platform, it's not gonna be up to you know super you know like that straight black we approve a hundred percent bam stamp. Definitely, you know it's never gonna have that. Well, so. I don't know. Um, I have a kind of closing thought. G, did you have anything you wanted to add to kind of this conversation about them not really liking certain components or not really banging on what we do on the other side of the coin? Uh, no, I just can't wait for it to come out. I was <laughs> yeah. watching. So everybody that canceled your subscription, um, kick rocks. Yeah. Um, can't wait to uh, help you. They'll, they'll, they'll be back on there as a show. Are you bullshitting? <laughs> just lying yeah. and falsifying just to throw a temper tantrum. Just really to be in the mix somewhere. And that's the thing that kills me is that y'all just hollering to holler because you wasn't going to watch it in the first place. Because House of Cards is going to be out here soon. Right. Yeah. All y'all favorite shows that you really actually do like is going to come and pass y'all by. And you just, when it comes to watching and sitting shit and and just taking in shit, you about as bad as we are. You lazy as anybody you would accuse us of. You know what I'm saying? So you want to watch your shows too. You want to watch your business too. Shout out to Mel Bowser, by the way. Um, He follows the chop up and he's actually in Dear White People. Um, Enjoyed the post that we shared. Show love to it. Um, if you all don't follow the Chop Up on Facebook, make sure you do that. We're not only posting the podcast, but po- uh, post throughout the day. Um, funny material, political material, real material. We're just talking, spitting facts, encouraging each other, and staying connected. Shout out to the Chop Up fam, Chop Nation out there who has already been following the page and holding it down. But Mel Bowser, um, who was in Dear uh, White People and in a whole bunch of different projects that are coming out. Um, so check him out on Facebook, M-E-L-L Bowser, B-O-W-S-E-R. He's making moves. Uh, so shout out to him. Um, in, in in spirit of Dear White People, I have a very short uh, delivery to the white people listening um, and who have taken issue with um, what has happened recently with shows like Dear White People and with even any other artifact of blackness that exists in civil society. A couple things, but specifically to Dear White People. One, satire is real. It is a type of comedy by which you'll probably probably try to take credit for. Um, during the days of comedy and tragedy where we were finding out and developing these mediums as delivery, as connection, as communication, um, and mediums to do so effectively to talk about issues of our time, you probably will point to satire as an important component of that and how things like film and entertainment have developed. You don't get a monopoly on that, yo, though, because I guarantee y'all are the ones who, air quotes here, formalized it. You ain't the first nigga who ever told a joke. So um, just know that satire is a real thing, that black people have access to it, and that they can put it on their shows and do what they want to with it. And you don't have to watch it. The same way I don't have to watch Fox News. It exists. I'm not protesting to take, get it off the air. Right? Like, sure. I watch it. Take in what you want to. Dominique, <laughs> Dominique is a... I don't know if he's a supporter. Hey, it's crazy. But you he, should watch it see the, other, see the other side. Fox I'm, News is crazy. I'm not interested, though. And because I'm not interested, I don't watch it. If you're interested, watch it. So just know satire is real. And if you don't like this brand of satire, much like you do every other black show that's about real black life and, and embracing positive things of and po- positive images of blackness, just skip over it. Just like you would have... Anyway, we still gonna support it enough for it to get run back like we do every other thing that we like. Um, cough. Uh, I don't even have to cough. Pick a show. If niggas like it, it'll be around. We'll watch it. We'll support it. So you don't have to watch it. Move on. The second thing, dear white people, you need to know is that race reverse racism is not real. Uh, satire is real. Uh, in contrast, reverse racism is not. 
quit calling it a thing, quit attaching it to everything, quit saying that we're tokenizing black experiences, that we're trying to pick a fight, that this is nothing more than stimulus to the white race war. There is no race war. And if there is one and you're admitting to that, then you have to acknowledge the, one, the fact that you're the one who picked it. So instead- and you're definitely choosing a side. And you're definitely choosing a side and said war. So going somewhere with this reverse racism business, uh, if you need a reminder of what racism is, right? It is a system. A system that means it's interlocking chains, mechanisms that work together, right? Not just an instance, not just a show, not just one or two times where people get the limelight and you hate it, but a systematic and categorized and intentional um, attempt to enact prejudice upon a, a group of people, right? So the entire film and TV industry, it's all for you. You got the rest of it. Thus, we can't be racist. We can only choose and be prejudiced about the images and portrayals that we decide to have and be like, no. So be mad, stay mad, go home, kick a rock, do it with sandals on, but get your attitude together. Last thing, dear white people, is that as you can see, you can only ignore us for so long. Um, we're here. Um, we're on your screens. Uh, if you, it's a silver, silver screen, we're turning it black. Um, if it's a small screen, we turn it black. If it's a big screen, we turn it black. If it's your headphones, black. Like, Lupe was a prophet. He said, I'll black everything. I've been telling y'all. We've been telling y'all. You just kind of kind of deal with it. And it's not a form of supremacy, right? It's not a form of supremacy. We're just more icy. Um, and in the ways that matter. And this is not a, a, a means to be divisive, but learn how to appreciate and respect things for what they are without trying to change them and turn them into something that they're not. That goes for cultural appropriation. That goes for moments of satire and art and culture that you don't have any kind of metrics to deal with or take in or understand or interpret, so stop trying. Um, and this goes for just us existing and living in general. Just do you. And do you in a way that is not impeding on the existence of other people. Now, I know it's hard. It's a practice you have to check back daily. Um, the same way that we have to tell ourselves daily that we matter and that we're important and our lives are significant and that we're really out here moving towards something bigger. And outside of ourselves. Same thing, different conversation. Have it, do it, do better. And uh, we'll call it good. But in the meantime, uh, go on somewhere. Because uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop. 2017. That's that's all I got to say about that. I'm going to close my open letter. Dear white people. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and that's all I got to say about that. But um, that's the show, really. Uh, backwards and forwards, we done got it up. Uh, and, and talked and chopped it up rather about uh, who you should be looking out for. So make sure you get that list at the beginning of the show and pay attention to the moves that they're making on the political scene. Also, um, you know, stay in touch with your technology. Stay in touch with what's going on. Um, and lastly, but certainly not leastly, stay supporting black art, black culture, black entertainment, black media because they mad, y'all. And we got to keep making them mad. That's the only way to supplant these systems. And shout out to people supporting movements. No Dapple, no Keystone. No wall, no ban, no uh, no nonsense. She persisted. That's what you can say about me. Put it on my tombstone, baby. She persisted. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. <laughs> Hashtag resist. Hey, somebody. And, and if all hearts and minds are clear, uh, I think that's that. Oh, real quick. What's up? I, I will be... Uh... I, I I couldn't forgive myself if I didn't, if I didn't come in here promoting the, the most recent episode of Street, Street Academics. Academics yeah. with my boy George Lee presented by Lost Tribe. Uh, uh, the most recent episode about time and black trauma. Yeah, you know, understanding why we, when we see police brutality and those type of things, why we feel the way we do. 
It's a mental thing. You it's know? on YouTube. Go check that out on YouTube. Check that out. Uh, George Lee, consciously, consciously, at consciously, uh, street academics, academics with a K. Um, and the name of the episode is Time and Black Trauma. So make sure y'all go check that out. Support it. Like it. Subscribe to it because Lost Tribe is definitely cranking out the information you need to connect uh, scholarship and academics with what's going on on the block, uh, i.e. street academics. So make sure y'all stay in tune to that. Plugged. Yeah, all day long. Yeah. Uh, it's been your girl, Toya G. Hey, you know, it's Cam G. Dakota. Shout out to the people. Yeah. Hey. Your boy Dominique here. I'm glad y'all have me. Absolutely. You know you're going to be back again, so just get ready to slide in. Um, The OG. It's a family affair in here. Um, It's all good. We saw a a happy rest of your Black History Month. Go support some black stuff. Go support black businesses. Learn something new. Pay attention to what's going on around you. It's a lot of facts. It's easy information you be getting um, all over social media about uh, the important contributions of black people to our society. But make sure to spend the rest of this month and the rest of this year and the rest of your life celebrating uh, black history. Uh, it's a real thing. And with that being said and done, you know what it is. It's the chop up. We out. This is the chop up. This is the chop up. This is the chop up and no one can do it live. My name is Cam G, the coolest. Allow me to do the honor. I'm with my sister Toya G and she's straight out of KC. Moved to the West Coast, but still gonna keep it G. We got together to give the people something that's free. The chop up should come off organically Cause on the mic, on the phone We're gonna have these conversations anyway And make sure you chop it up with us on the social media And you can chop up any day Cause you can stream us in any place And didn't I say I was Cam G?